0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow and today uh, we are really lucky to have Meg Lewis on. She is a lead technician and general manager of BJ's Automotive out of Belfast, Maine, which if you don't know is almost next door to Stephen King. (laughs) And for those of you who do not know who Stephen King is, he may be one of the most underappreciated or underrated authors in America's history. He's mostly known as writing horror fiction and stuff like that, but he's extremely skilled.
1: Go visit your local library or Amazon, Kindle, or whatever literary (laughs) <laughs> things that you have available to you
0: that terrible movie it <laughs> both first and second chapters were horrible except for bill Hader, he was pretty good yeah he wrote the book the book is vastly superior actually the tv version with harry anderson was quite good And before we get rolling too fast here let me quick take a second to thank our sponsor napa auto care how does Napa support your auto care center through national marketing? Napa will build upon the already successful Know How For All campaign and promote auto care offerings and services to our Do It For Me customer and support through sales driver promotions, optimize targeted media and local markets, and improve in channels. Give your repair facility an online presence on Napa Online, generating millions of views per month. If you're interested in partnering with Napa Auto Care and capitalizing on the Napa Know How For All national marketing campaign contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store. So Meg, how's how's the shop doing?
1: Very busy. You know, we've, we're dealing with uh, a winter season now, so snow tire changeovers are starting to, to wind down a little bit. We still have some last-minute stragglers. We just had an ice storm a couple days ago, and everybody who hadn't already had their studded snow tires on just inundated us with calls of, I need to get my tires on now. <laughs>
0: I heard studded. You guys use studded tires up there, eh?
1: They're only allowed between October and May because otherwise they start damaging our roads. But yes, we we do have the options. We don't require chains though, which probably up further north when you get to the Canadian border, probably be a good idea. But for the most part, studded tires are what the majority of our customers use.
0: Wow. Yeah, we don't get to use those here.
1: That's surprising because your climate environment is pretty identical to ours.
0: Yeah, I would say fairly close. You might get way, I don't know if you get more snow. We probably are colder. You might get more snow. We push snow tires. We push all weather tires for the winter months. I would really, really, really like to start selling uh, rims and selling people tires and rim sets so that they can have, you know, maybe some less than perfect rims for the winter months. And then we can pull them off, store them, you know, clean them, store them put on you know some really good road tires what however you want to define that stuff that wears quiet wears really well maybe gets you know bumps up fuel economy or whatever but
1: we actually have a a number of customers that have their snow tires already on rims and they're not too bad actually
0: (laughs) It just we have an ideal situation for it because uh right across our parking lot if you will is a um Rental place. And we could just say, hey, you know, next thing, next time something opens up, could we have first dips on it? And we already have, we already rent a couple of spots in there. And I'm just thinking, like, geez, it wouldn't be that hard. It would give us a lot of opportunity to sell tires, to sell rims. And we're pretty much guaranteed to get the customers in twice a year.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if you're storing their tires.
0: You know, most of the modern um, shop management systems are. I don't CRM probably isn't quite the right term, but, but I think shop management systems and maybe some of like the messaging systems are pretty good about setting up reminders that you could set up to pop off.
1: We have a, a pretty good service reminder setup built into our operating system that we use at our shop. That's pretty decent, so long as you remember to put in the reminder to send. That, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that does present some issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least on our. <laughs> at least on our end
1: exactly exactly you know it's like oh shoot (laughs) we didn't send you a reminder about that i'm sorry
0: so what kind of work's been dominating your bays or really what your bay
1: mostly it's been um, preventative maintenance lately which is unusual usually we get like a, a mixture of general maintenance diagnostic stuff you know we've actually had several cars in the last month or so come in with broken timing belts that that's a unusual thing yeah we have had three of them in the last month <laughs> yeah but lately it's been general maintenance you know oil changes we we're doing a lot of brake work right now like i said we're petering down on the snow tire changeovers which is nice because at the end of the day after doing nothing but tires you a bit tired and sore <laughs>
0: yeah i got a guy that does that
1: we're short staff still so we're kind of running around doing everything right now. Everybody that I've talked to, you know, a lot of our other local shops too, their guys are either getting to the age where they're considering early retirement and just going, you know what? I've had a good run. I'm proud of what I've done and I'm just gonna bow out now. Or, you know, it's other guys that are just they're just as short staffed as we are, you know, and we're all fighting over the same small pod of candidates. And it's every man for themselves or every woman for themselves, depending on the situation. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, how much competition do you really have for every woman for herself?
1: Well, okay. Not that much (laughs) in all fairness, but I was very, very happy. Um, my son started, he's a junior in high school and he started going to our local technical high school, um, for automotive this year. And he has seven female classmates in the automotive program. Yes. That's awesome. It was the highest number that they've had. Oh gosh, probably since i I went there. I mean, usually you go to a class, you might have one or two, but I was talking with the teacher and he's like, this is the most I've ever had. And he's been there for 15 years now. So
0: when I went to my two year, that would have been 90, 94 through 96 in my class, there was two total. There was three. Yeah. I don't think any of them have uh, stayed In, in their defense thinking through my two year, no one in my two-year state, none of them, yep, none of them are fixing cars anymore. And then when I went to that third year, there was no females in there. <laughs> we started out with like 30. <laughs> Within two weeks, there was a 15 of us. We graduated five, so it was kind of before the states got involved with the education system. But uh, really, of all the 15... I think there's still there's two of us that still work on cars for a living, maybe three. So that's insane.
1: That is insane. I've lost track of a lot of my classmates. Um, but when I was in there, I did a two year college program from 06 to 08. And I was one of two female students for each year. We graduated The majority of our class, we did have a small class. There was only about 17 of us. And the majority of us graduated. When I graduated, five already had jobs lined up at the local dealerships. I have no idea if they're still there now or stayed with it. But the ones that I have stayed in contact with, um, they're no longer in the industry. I was the only one who still turns wrenches, which is mind-boggling.
0: Yeah, I saw a post on Facebook. Somebody was kind of venting a little bit about some you know, veteran techs razzing some people, young people about being in the this profession. And it's like, you know, we got to be more positive. We got to be more positive. But these techs have been at this for decades. Their opinions are skewed. And I think what we're talking about here is proof that they have reason to be skewed. Maybe not so much anymore. I think like, I think I've said it, you know, before, I think we're kind of in a golden age. I hope it stays that way. I understand why they bailed. You know, the, my former classmates, they all started out in shops. I mean, that was there a lot of them like you said they had jobs before we graduated. The third year, well, honest, I got to level with you. I think all of them, the placement rate was in the high high 90% to 100% range. Even then, you're you're getting hired while you're in school. You know, a couple of them after a few years, especially if they the third year everybody there was kind of looking to specialize in drivability uh, diagnostics. And in the dealers that I was aware of at the time, if you worked in a a new car dealer, if they had kind of the department split up in in the bays, you're probably doing like drivability, electrical, and AC. And those guys usually got put on a salary. And what happened is they couldn't make as much as the transmission rebuilder guys or even the undercar service guys. They could never touch those hours and they're also in a, a union it was all unionized up there so they couldn't have I don't think they could have like tiered um, salaries or wages based on what department you were in So there they sat they it's why would they stay at it so they'd either move to transmissions or most of them just got out
1: right you know I mean we we deal with that um, maybe not so much now but you know we had issues with dealerships um abusing the flat rate system you know you have new techs coming in they're expected to do x amount within the time frame that they've got and you know i'm sorry starting out you're not going to be a level a tech after two years of high school or college (laughs) you know that just that's that's not practical that's not reasonable but that's what the expectation was so you know you've got these people who are fresh out of school. Okay. Yeah. They might start on uh, the, the lube tech line or, you know, the really easy stuff. But then within three months, they're getting all these bigger ticket jobs and then wondering why they're not bringing enough home by the end of the week. And, you know, they're only billing out, you know, barely 20 hours and they're behind, you know, cause they're just, they're not making their time. So we, we had um, several, dealers in our area that had a very bad reputation for that um and i know that's one reason why uh, some of the people just didn't either bother going to them or you know got out of it within a year or two because it was just it's not worth it
0: yeah same here or if they made a mistake one of them was a young tech just graduated school now granted when they hand you the diploma they kind of fill you full a little bit of a BS that you're now very capable. <laughs> and some people buy into that, like, oh, here's my degree or here's my diploma. I know what I'm doing. I've had a class on water pumps. I can change the water pump on that.
1: Not knowing that you have to take off the entire nose and half the engine in order to do so. <laughs> oh, by the way, you're expected to do that in eight hours.
0: <laughs> I won't go into details, but he made an honest mistake and it wrecked the engine. So... It needed a new engine and the dealer basically said, you're paying for this new engine or you can quit. Maybe there's more to it. I don't want to paint this person out to be, they were ultra competent or they had a bright future. I don't know. Maybe we can make some assumptions. Maybe not. I really can't or shouldn't. If we just assume that it was somebody that had about a year under their belt, it's hard to really project what they're going to be down the road but to really put it to them like either you pay for this repair or quit (laughs) can't afford to pay for the repair why would he and without going too far on a tangent here is probably illegal they probably legally couldn't have charged him for it but um yeah it's kind of no wonder
1: i mean and you hear horror stories like that all the time you know, the lube tech forgets to put the drain plug in or, you know, accidentally drains the transmission fluid rather than the engine oil and the car goes out with, you know, no transmission fluid in it now and way overfilled on on oil. You would think that, you know, a properly trained, even just beginner would be able to tell that, hey, there's way too much oil on this engine oil dipstick, but you know what? Mistakes happen. Maybe it didn't get checked, you know, and now the car's coming back on a hook and, These poor guys that are making you know, starting out at the bottom of the totem pole in the first place, now are presented with this ultimatum that really doesn't leave them in a good place. It doesn't leave them with a a good attitude towards this profession. Why would they want to continue it?
0: I feel like there's a bunch of stuff we've mentioned here about just young people coming in industry, attitudes, attitudes towards the industry, and it just let's just go right for it. You're a woman. In a male, male dominated profession. Can you just give it to me straight? Like, how does it all work out? How do you end up going to school? How is school? And then getting jobs afterwards. Like, how does that? I think there's a lot to talk about there. So I hate to be so vague, but like, what are the beginnings? What, what made you kind of pick getting your hands dirty and, or whatever, just cars. I forget the dirt.
1: Honestly, I can only speak on my experience and, and, you know, what what I've gone through and what has happened to me. I can't say that this is going to happen to every female who is currently in or thinking about coming into the automotive industry. That being said, attitudes towards women coming into a male-dominated field, I'm glad, are changing. It is slowly getting better. We're still not quite there yet. I knew very early on that working on cars was what I wanted to do. I uh, got a '79 Dodge pickup truck as my very first vehicle. I bought it for a dollar.
0: You're working on that all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, frame was rotted out. It was—it was just a tinkering thing for you know me to just start to learn what things were, how it you know carburetors were related to how the engine worked. You know, really basic stuff like that. Um, but it it gave me enough of a nudge to realize that this was something that I wanted to pursue. So going through the high school program, I had a very, very supportive um, tech teacher who I'm still friends with today. Very good friends. You know, he really helped give me the confidence to continue on with this industry um, at a college level. And, you know, told me that I really could, that the sky was the limit, I really could go as far as i wanted to on that so jumping from that to going into college i'm not going to name the college because my experience could have been better there but by the middle of my first year there my instructor told me that i would never make it into this industry that there was really no point didn't make an effort to further my education on it i did my basic tasks that were assigned to me I graduated with honors. It wasn't like I was a student that was only there half the time or I was always the first one there at school. I was always asking questions, you know, working on the the tasks that we had at hand. We did have live projects that we were able to work on as part of the learning with the curriculum. But for whatever reason he had it in his head that I would never make it as a technician. Never really got the chance or thought to ask why he had that opinion i suppose maybe looking back at it now now that i'm older and i have more experience maybe i would ask him that but at the time you know just a young kid 18 years old in college you know your professor basically tells you your your life dream is not going to be accomplishable well i'm the type of person that if you don't want me to do something don't tell me i can't do it because i'm going to prove you wrong
0: It's no secret we're facing a technician shortage. Napa Auto Care has a solution with the Napa Auto Care Apprentice Program. The program was engineered by one of our own. Pete McNeil and Master Technician Jake Sorensen of McNeil's Auto Care in Sandy, Utah, realized that the problem of not having technicians available for hire was not going to solve itself and decided to take action and look at a different audience of individuals available for hire. A focus was put on younger individuals with the right passion, desire, desire and attitude to work in the automotive repair industry. Jake and Pete sought these individuals and developed a technician apprentice program to give them the training needed to become a successful technician in today's world. The NAPA Auto Care Apprentice Program includes a comprehensive nine-stage curriculum that includes a variety of types of training. Classroom training videos. Exclusive to the apprentice program, these videos provide an in-depth training from a successful master technician. AutoTech classes. Instructor-led courses offered through NAPA AutoTech. Autotech eLearning, web-based eLearnings designed to target specific training topics. Hands-on learning, the apprentice will apply the skills gained from the classroom training videos, Autotech instructor-led training, and Autotech eLearnings in the shop with the guidance of a mentor. The apprentice program curriculum is competency-based, meaning an apprentice can move through each stage at a pace that best suits them. Most apprentices complete the program within two years. Upon completion, apprentices will have earned ASE G1, A4, A5, and AC certifications, adding industry validation to the skills an apprentice acquires. Grow your bottom line. Having an apprentice in your shop will ultimately benefit your bottom line as they advance through the program. In most cases, as the apprentice develops their skill set producing billable hours, you will begin to see a growth in your gross profit by stage 5. Keep your apprentice motivated with an Apprentice Toolkit. One of the largest entry barriers for individuals looking to enter the automotive repair industry is the cost of tools. Napa Auto Care has worked with our supplying partners to offer an exclusive, comprehensive tool set, including a four-drawer tool cart for all registered apprentices. To learn more, members can visit member.napaautocare.com. So, like, I noticed, uh, women clients, women customers often assume that they know less about cars than their male counterparts, you know, whether it's the other male clients or that maybe a boyfriend, husband, father, whatever we're finding that to be. So not the case. Did you ever really catch yourself feeling that way? Or I guess I want, I'm interested in that. First of all, did you ever catch yourself with that mentality? sitting in a classroom, high school or college going, you know, I think I'm getting this, but these guys probably have a much better handle on it or not really.
1: It was kind of a mixture because our college class was a mixture of first year and second year students. So I already knew that there were students there that knew way more than I did. On the flip side of that, I also knew that there was a lot of first year students that did not have the technical high school background. That I did. So I kind of had a leg up on some of the students as far as that, that goes. So I kind of fell in the middle of that category. Yes, I knew some stuff. I, by all means, did not know everything, <laughs> you know, but I knew enough that it gave me the confidence to not back down and tell myself that I didn't belong there. I knew I belonged there.
0: How about your um, fellow students then?
1: The majority of them were really supportive. There's some that I just didn't hang out with. We just didn't click or they ran in different crowds and whatnot. But for the majority of the part, they were really supportive. Um, I actually made a bunch of friends over in the diesel class, too. That was the counterpart to the automotive program. It was very helpful because I ended up being um, pregnant with my son while I was going through the automotive class. So my second year going through, getting ready to graduate and everything, um, both the automotive and the diesel class they uh, started a pool as to when my due date would actually, you know, my, I had my due date, but when I would actually um, have my son. And so they all took bets. they collected, oh, I don't know, it was like 40 bucks. I think by the time everything was all done, you know, they just <laughs> dollar two or two here or there. It was kind of funny because my son was actually born while we were on winter break. So I never missed any days of class or any days of school nice. or anything like that, and the uh, gentleman who won the uh, the the pot there, so to speak, uh, ended up giving me the money as a hey, congratulations kind of gift. <laughs> so it w- it was really fun. They were all really supportive uh, as far as that goes. My second year there, I made a lot of a lot of friends from both the diesel and the automotive class that stood behind me the whole way, which I was I was very appreciative of.
0: So then you enter the workforce.
1: Yes, which was a very interesting experience. You know, I mentioned beforehand some of the students already had jobs at the local dealerships before they even graduated. I tried going along the same paths uh, where the school is located. That entire road is nothing but dealerships from different manufacturers. And I applied to every single one of them. I only got a callback from two of them. Um, had interviews with both of them. The first one lasted all of 15 minutes where the gentleman who was interviewing me told me that I wouldn't fit in and I wasn't a good fit for the company. Whether how true that was or whatever, his opinions were on that, I'm not sure. The second one, it was a longer interview. That one lasted about half an hour, 45 minutes or so, um, but never heard back from them. So also I applied at uh, several of the independent Shops that were around because it's it was a bigger city that uh, the school is located in and where I was living at the time Uh, interviewed at a couple of those shops as well never got anywhere as far as that goes so ended up getting a job at Walmart at their tire and lube center on that and was there for a little while before relocating down to the mid coast area and working for an independent shop down here. Which only lasted about three months. Um, one fact, due to um, at that point, I was pregnant with my daughter and I was starting to have complications working while being pregnant with her. And then the other fact was that the owner of the shop and I just really weren't getting along anyway. So that was a mutual parting of ways as far as that goes. Had to be out of work for a little bit until after my daughter was born. Kind of bounced around from different jobs a little bit, but nothing in the automotive industry. Even though I kept applying to the different shops and dealerships down in the mid coast area, never even got a call back or an interview, which I found interesting. Believe it or not, VJ's Automotive was my last and final place that I had decided that I was going to apply to before maybe looking into a different career. And now, 15 years later, uh, here I am as lead technician. And, you know, in, the owner and I are in the process of uh, changing over hands, so to speak. And uh, I will be taking over the shop when he retires.
0: I think there's one more important credential you should throw in there. No, no, no it isn't being on this podcast. Oh,
1: OK. OK.
0: <laughs> I don't know that that's a <laughs> I'm not sure that's ever benefited anybody.
1: <laughs> well, I'm grateful for this opportunity. This is this is really cool. <laughs> yes, being awarded the uh, NAPA ASE Technician of the Year for 2022, it was a major feather in my cap, milestone, accomplishment, however you want to word it, something that I was, I'm very proud of.
0: Did you go back to the college and show the instructor there?
1: Well, that instructor is no longer working there. He retired. Oh, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> he retired, I think, about three years after I graduated. So,
0: I wonder often about the uh, like the stories because your stories m- line up with many others I know. Many many other women trying to break in, or you know, they are in, but it took a while. It's the same thing where I, I don't think you're going to be a good fit here, and I always. Not always, I guess, but I often wonder, the you know whoever's hiring the manager, the owner, whatever, are they thinking she's a woman? She probably can't do this, or you know, lack of strength or uh, something absurd is going to prevent her from really being productive, or are they worried about like a distraction? You know, bringing a woman into the uh, the work area is she going to be a distraction now to all the guys? I wonder about it. I've never had anyone really level with me, you know, and just say like, yeah, you know what, we we interviewed this woman and I told her she wouldn't be a good fit, but it's because whatever bad vibes during the interview, legitimate or making it up because they just didn't feel like they could bring themselves to hire a woman or are they thinking they're like, I'm going to hire her and I put her in the back and the other guys are not going to get anything done.
1: Well, that's an interesting point. I think it might be a combination of everything depending on each individual person. For some of them it might be maybe they have a personal issue, you know, themselves whoever is doing the hiring, the manager, the the owner, what have you, maybe maybe they would be distracted if there was a female working there, which is kind of archaic to think about in all honesty, but hey, it, you know, If it's the truth, it's the truth. I know there is a lot of concern with physical ability as far as, you know, you get a truck in that has 32s on it for tires and, you know, they they weigh a lot. (laughs) You know, is she going to be able to, to do this job? And then in which case you need to ask yourself, well, would anybody be able to safely do that job? I mean, do you have tire lifts? Do you have... You know, ways to assist a technician to get tires on and off a vehicle safely without hurting themselves. Because, man or woman, you can easily, very easily pull your back out lifting a tire up. And I mean, even a 15 inch tire.
0: And, and the guys probably have the egos to do it. Right. And then they're missing weeks, months of work because of uh, back injury, back surgery. Yeah. It, it's something I've always been. Or often just thought about and was curious and curious what your thoughts were if you've gotten vibes like that or if anyone's ever flat out told you.
1: I wish they had, you know, I'm the type of person that likes to analyze the situation. If I've done something wrong, I want to know so that way there I can correct it or correct the attitude or correct whatever it was that that brought up the issue but if it's something that they have on their own personal level or if they even have that opinion of their other staff i mean what does that say about the other people that they have working there if they think hiring a woman is going to be distracting to the other technicians why why would that a be a problem b that's kind of illegal <laughs> you know you know i mean it, it, if you have a crew that you're concerned of about sexual harassment complaints well eh, i don't know i suppose that's a rabbit hole that we could go down for quite a while on but
0: and, and it's probably a worthy one um i'm not not saying like specifically for this episode but it's definitely a rabbit hole i would like to go down because like i sympathize with that thought process of not, not the sexual harassment stuff or any, any kind of harassment. I, I would not be supportive of that regardless. It doesn't matter across the board. We're so male-dominated. We've been male-dominated for its entire existence. If we have women at any number, they're usually in the front office. And depending on the situation, you don't necessarily interact with them that much. So we have this wildly inexperienced group of people who have not had to work with women regularly. I'm not even trying to imply that they don't have the toolkits or the capability to work with women. I think everybody's scared.
1: That would be an interesting point. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the old superstition, you know, back when sailing on ships was your main main source of transportation, bringing a woman onto a boat was bad luck. You know, it's, it's almost the same thing. Bringing a woman on onto your crew that, oh, my gosh, we can't have that. That, no.
0: Even like watching Yellowstone, <laughs> you know, having women hands. And the one is out, outworks everybody else and seemingly had a very positive influence on the, um, the rest, you know, cause they all kind of live in the bunkhouse together. And then she left another one came in, still outworks everybody else, a little more of a distraction, but not terrible. And, uh, certainly doesn't cause strife. Uh, And then they get some others in there that I'm not even sure they actually work for the ranch or not, but they're there (laughs) and they are bad distractions. It's that type of thinking exactly like you're saying, like instead of learning how to deal with this. And honestly, it's not like the guys all have to have these meetings with themselves to figure out how to deal with you. You should be involved like we could go down a rabbit hole with this. This might be this might be a different this might be a different episode, and uh, I'm formally inviting you to it.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that. Absolutely.
0: Maybe I can get M- Michelle Wynn in there.
1: That would be uh, I think fun. she'd
0: have a few choice words about it. I, I would be very excited to hear.
1: I will admit the most challenging situation that I have ever had to deal with being a female automotive technician was when uh, it was when I was first starting out um, at BJ's. I'd only been there maybe a year or two. Uh, one of these customers who was a regular customer somehow it just worked out that I had never worked on her car before. You know, not nothing, nothing on purpose. Is just the way that's how the schedule worked. Whenever she was coming in. So the one time that I was going to be working on her car, and she found out, she immediately threw a fit and demanded to see the owner of the shop and demanded that I not work on her vehicle. Now, this is coming from a woman. I didn't know what to do. Even even now today, I'm still not sure what I would have done. You know, But she firmly believed that women did not belong working on cars. I don't know how you would change that attitude or that way of thinking for someone who is so set in that opinion.
0: There's this book um, I highly recommend <laughs> called That Idea Must Die. That Idea Must Die. And um, uh, ultimately, it's stuff like that is solved by the people with that type of thinking passing on uh, because I don't know what the fix is going to be. I don't know what, what you're going to do and sit and talk to them and change their way of thinking I, I just don't know that that's gonna happen
1: right i mean and you know she wasn't even going to give me the opportunity to to even prove that i knew what i was doing thankfully my my boss on um, the owner of the shop there he is very was very supportive and pushed back at her and was like well you are on her schedule a i don't have anybody else that's has is available to work on your car right now if you are not comfortable with her working on your car, then you should find another garage.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say stuff like that because a while back, it would have been episode 549 for Remarkable Results Radio uh, with Carm. Michelle Wynn was talking about how, and, and maybe even now to this day, she gets the keys to a car. Uh, so a customer drops the car off. She waits for them to leave before she'll go out to the car. Because I guess people have seen her walking out to their car or bringing their car in. The customers will see that and they'll turn around. Even if they're like leaving the dealership in a car, they'll whip around, come back and go, Who is that? Is she working on my car? Like they're wildly uncomfortable with that. It's, it's crazy.
1: It is. And it is, it's something that, I occasionally deal with not so much now because I'm, you know, like I said, I've been at BJ's now for 15 years. So the customers our regular customers have really gotten to know me. Uh, We've got some that, you know, have no issues with me whatsoever. Um, You know, you you get a surprise look from, from tourists that come up and it's their first time that they've been at the shop and uh, like, Oh, there's, there's, there's a female technician. I've gotten to a point in, my comfort zone when it comes to working on cars that if somebody sees me walking out to their vehicle and stops to question me about it, it's like, oh, you're, you're working on my car. I answer them full face, you know, yes, I am. You know, this is what I've been assigned to do. I am your technician. Depending on how they, they approach me and, you know, ask me the question of, oh, you're working on my car. I'll either, you know, follow up as like, are you okay with that? Is is there going to be any issue here? Um, only once has there ever been. It's like, oh, well, is there someone else available? And I've told them politely that not at this garage, have a nice day. For me, I've gotten to that point of where I am, um, both as my position at, at BJ's Automotive. But you know, it, it took me a long time to get that confidence level in myself to be able to say, you know what, I do know what I'm doing. I belong here. I have no qualms working on your car. But if you're questioning my ability, I need the customer to be able to trust the work that I do. Otherwise, there's no point. You know, I could be the most perfect technician in all the world, never make a mistake, you know, fix everything, diagnose everything right the first time. But if you can't trust that I know what I'm doing, it's not gonna matter.
0: Not all of us can be Pedro Delatory. So let's
1: just
0: <laughs> give up on that. <laughs> I still don't have that kind of confidence because if somebody's like, Are you gonna be working on my car? I go, Nope, I'm the car porter. I just <laughs> pull it inside, somebody else is gonna take care of you.
1: <laughs> I don't know, maybe I've got a chip on my shoulder or something, you know? <laughs>
0: I'm all about very low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come in like, yeah, somebody said that uh, there's a guy here who knows what he's doing. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> really? Who? I, I yeah, don't know. Go I find don't, that I, person for you. <laughs> hold right on.
0: Who is it? Because now I owe him lunch. Darn it. That's right. part of <laughs> <Right>. the deal. How <laughs> are the coworkers then throughout your career?
1: It's been a mixture of things. Um You know, right now where we're so short-staffed, it's our core group that keep us going. So, you know, we all get along great. We're a small, dysfunctional family, (laughs) you know. Um, (laughs) Sums
0: it up perfectly.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, yeah, over the years, there's been issues um, with technicians sometimes either, believe it or not, it's actually been more so their significant other being jealous that they're working with a female technician which that's also hard to combat too you know not trying to be a a relationship therapist or anything like that but uh, if you have those kind of trust issues going into you know your partner going to work well there might be some underlying things there that you guys might want to discuss and please leave me out
0: of it so now you're gonna have to come on again another episode (laughs) We'll get Maggie, Maggie Lay to come on. Margaret Lay will come on and uh, explain to us what's going on with those trust issues.
1: You know, but no, I mean, for the most part, everyone's been pretty decent, respectful. Um, We did have an issue over last summer with a gentleman who only lasted with us for a few months. At the start, He seemed to be pretty decent and was able to take direction and, you know, listen, be respectful. But as the more the time went on, and the more his work was coming back in the form of comebacks, and, you know, I would, it's my job. I have to have the discussion with him of, okay, you know, yes, mistakes happen. But why are they happening? Is it because of lack of knowledge? Or, you know, did we do something wrong? Sometimes it's bad parts. You get a bad part, brand new, right out of the box. Happens. You know, and that was the case in some of them. But it was happening way too regularly that it wasn't a bad part or, you know, something that was just missed. It was his ability to do his job came into question. And when the solution of okay you know either more training do we need to spend more time with you on this because this was someone that we had hired in that was not a technician as a first profession it had been about 10 years since he was turning wrenches so we knew that updating him on things like electronic parking brakes and electronic calipers, things like that, we would have to train him on. And that was fine. We knew that going in, we had that discussion with him and he was fine with it, or so we thought. Taking criticism and critiques on work performance coming from me started to become a, a huge issue to him to the point that he went to my boss, the owner of the shop, and gave him the ultimatum of either his workload changes and attitudes changes, or he's gone. And oh, by the way, he also wants a $3 raise too to do all this. <laughs> so that that one was an interesting one this past summer. That's the most recent one. But other than that, I mean, I and I suppose you get that kind of attitude mixture anyway, no matter what shop you go to. You know, you always have that one that's just like, okay, you don't know as much as you think you do and when you're not willing to improve on that there's really not a whole lot that i can do to help you you know we try to set everybody up for success at our shop when the technician wins we win as a business the customer goes home with a properly fixed car they're happy at the end of the day we collect the money everybody gets paid boom there you go but if you are constantly kicking and fighting and saying that, no, I'm not the problem, maybe it's, it's time to, to rethink some things here.
0: It seems so simple, but it's so common. That fuzzy area where does it have anything to do with you? Does it have anything to do with you being a female? Or is it just because you, you're the one in that position and it wouldn't matter who it was?
1: It's a slippery slope and it is hard to determine one way or another. But I like to think it's just because, well, I'm in the management position. That's just the way how it goes. Some of the management jobs are not fun. That's business, you know, but you do have to wonder. I was the only one that he ever had an issue with. He didn't have an issue with taking directions for my boss. He didn't have any issues with any of our service riders. So it's an it's enough to make you doubt.
0: I really like this topic, but there's another thing. After you got your award at the Napa Expo. We got to hang out a little bit and talk, and you have a really interesting system with fellow shops with equipment. And I don't know if it's just equipment period. I know scan tools, scan tools came up, but is it more than that?
1: For right now, it is mostly factory scan tools. Um, I mean, if one of our local shops, you know, needs a,
0: oh, any kind of tool.
1: You know, I mean, we're we're all more than happy to help each other out. Um, As far as that goes, you know, because like, hey, we don't work on diesels day in, day out. I really have no interest in working on diesels right now. I've got more than enough to do with, with the workload that I've got. So, you know, having the fellowship of other shops, I mean, two of them do specialize in diesels specifically. That's all they work on. They don't want to have anything to do with gas jobs. I can call them up and be like, Hey, so I've got this weird thing going on. And it's either, Oh yeah, I've got a tool that no big deal. It's just quick, easy, or Hey, no, I'm sending it down to them so they can do it, you know, but it is something that um, our business development group, we, we've all invested um, our dues money to purchase factory scan tools um, for Ford, GM, Chrysler, um, pay for the subscriptions, the all of that that goes along with it. And um, yeah, we've been really successful as far as being able to keep track of it and, you know, have the shops do what they need to do with them. It's been a huge benefit to have to have that kind of coalition together of us all working together we're actually uh gearing up towards this springtime we want to all kind of host a car care clinic for the community if you will Um, and we're going to try to get one of the local tech schools involved too So they can actually host it. We'll just use their space and it's open to the community and we'll have little stations like, you know, changing your light bulbs and wiper blades or checking your tire pressure and tread depths, you know, are your tires, do they need to be replaced, you know, are they are they good, you know, checking simple fluids under the hood, things that car owners used to be able to know how to do, you know, I mean, it, it's pull into a gas station, you'd have this crew of people coming out not only would they pump gas they'd wash your windows check your air pressure check your oil and boom there you go it was like a a mini pit stop
0: yeah the further back you go the more it was like a pit stop not trying to cite this as historically accurate but if you recall a scene from back to the future when the car pulls into the gas station there's like three people one under hood one under the car and one uh, filling up the fuel we used to have I will say four Gas station. So Red Wings roughly okay, right now roughly twenty thousand people. Back then, who knows? Um I, I don't even want to guess. But and and back then I mean, let's just tentatively go with ten years ago, maybe fifteen. We had four gas stations that had full service. We are now down to one.
1: We don't have any in our area anymore. We don't, they've all they've all closed down. You know, although now we have the issue with uh people who are new to owning hybrids pulling up to the diesel pump because the handle is green and they have a oh. green car <laughs> we've had two of those over the years Thank got it doesn't happen more often than that but that was that was their reasoning for putting diesel fuel into their brand new prius that they just bought
0: most of the diesel pumps that we have that i can think of yeah the size of the tube if you will Will we'll not.
1: It's bigger. You are correct.
0: They did it anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One woman specifically bought a funnel because she couldn't <laughs> believe that her car did not come with a funnel for her to put <laughs> this green gas into her hybrid. <laughs> and I really do wish I was making these up. I really do.
0: Oh, that was an even better story. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know it's one thing if you know the gas station gets a delivery and the wrong the wrong fuel goes in the wrong tank we've had that happen you know but to go out of your way to make something fit that obviously doesn't fit but no that's that's how it goes you just stop and you look at them and go okay are are you being serious you're kidding me right you you can't be serious and no she was, and she was mad as hell when I started chuckling because i'm i'm trying I'm trying to think of what I can say without being condescending without just blurting out are you are you serious? are you freaking kidding me? Have you never pumped fuel before in your life?" <laughs> you know we referred her to the dealer on that one because she wanted her extended warranty to cover what she did i'm like take take it back to where you bought it from and
0: maybe she used to be like a train engineer those are diesel hybrid <laughs> or maybe it worked in a mine you're just trying to think better of her okay we just spent the whole podcast talking about how competent women are with cars and then you tell this story undermining the whole 58 minutes leading up to it Hey,
1: there's some guys that shouldn't go anywhere near some cars either. (laughs) So that's. (laughs) And more of them as technicians, I might add. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) We we all know at least one.
0: (laughs) And those are just the ones that work for us. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Meg is also into stand up. You can see her in Belfast, Maine.
1: (laughs) Hey, you gotta laugh, otherwise you'd go crazy, right?
0: Well, I've really, really enjoyed this. I am very much now looking forward to the uh, two follow-up episodes we have to do.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm really glad that we were able to do this. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you, and I most definitely look forward to more.
0: Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Nap Auto Care, for sponsoring and. Thank you for Tracy for cleaning this all up.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. (laughs) Uh,
0: If you have any ideas or comments about the uh, podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I'm pretty easy to find on social media. And you can also email me at mattfonzopodcast at gmail.com. So thank you again for listening. Thank you again, Meg, for joining me. And until next time, take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow, diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have
1: to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing
0: the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.